Welcome to Kingdom.Think, where you get to read the Bible a little bit every day, and I get to share with you my insight in my very untheological way, and um, we could just read it together. Well, we're moving right along, and we're in the book of Numbers, Numbers 14, 15, Psalms 68, and Luke 24. Um, yeah, Psalms 14, these people, the Israelites, I have been giving them so much grace. I just keep reiterating, you know, they grew up in a, they were in, they were in Egypt as slaves for 400 years. They were in Egypt for 400 years. Clearly they've developed, I mean, we're talking generations, right? It's like the generate, we're in, we're in, um, the generation here in the United States is, is so different than when the pilgrims arrived. So much has changed. So can you imagine if someone came in and said, okay, we're going to change everything you guys already know. Everything you know is a lie. Hmm. Not that that might not happen, but everything you know is a lie. Everything you believe to be true is wrong. And the way you're doing things is wrong. And we're going to change that and fix it. And it's going to be very uncomfortable. That's what the Israelites are going through. So they're grumbling. I mean, honestly, can you imagine? Can you imagine if God came down to where we're at now and and said, oh, by the way, um, you have to change this, this, and this, and this? There's going to be a lot of grumbling. So that's what's happening to the people, the Israelites. They are fussing. Um, Oh, my gosh. So much so where they want to stone Moses and Aaron. The, The night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Not remembering all the miracles that God has done, not even considering that God's presence is literally with them. They see the cloud, they see this, the, the fire at night, not even recognizing that, they still are not trusting. Then Moses and Aaron fell face down and in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there and Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of Jephun, who were among those, explored the land, oh, oh, who explored the land, toward their clothes and said to the entire Israel, Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into the land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and we will give it and he will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not be afraid of the people of the land because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. So those are the two guys that said out of all those people that went into Canaan and said, nope, can't do it, can't do it, it's too scary. These guys said, yes, we can, because if God is with us, we can do this. But the whole assembly talked about stoning them. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to the tent of meetings to the, all the Israelites. And the Lord said to Moses, how long, can you imagine the anguish? How long will these people treat me with content? How long will they refuse to believe in me in spite of all the signs I have performed among them? I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them, but I will make you into a nation greater and stronger than they. And Moses, being the awesome person that he is, so much compassion said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear about it. And and by your power, you brought these people, um, 
basically he's petitioning, please don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And here's why. You know, it's not going to look good to the Egyptians. They're going to think that they can, you know what I mean. He's, yeah. Now, now may the Lord's strength be displayed just as you have declared. The Lord's is, oh, the Lord is slow to anger. So who's saying this? I guess Moses. Now may the Lord's strength be displayed just as you have declared. The Lord is slow to anger, abounding in love and forgiving sin and rebellion. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children for the sin of their parents of the third and fourth generation in accordance with their great love. Your great love. Forgive the, forgive the sins of the people just as you have pardoned them from the time they left Egypt until now. That is Moses petitioning to the Lord. You are great. You are slow to anger. You are bounding in love, forgiving rebellion. Can you just do that again? And the Lord replied, I have forgiven them as you asked. Nevertheless, as surely as I live and surely as the glory of the Lord fills the whole earth, not one of those who saw my glory and the signs I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, but who disobeyed me and tested me 10 times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised. Oh, on an oath to their ancestors, no one who has treated me with content will ever see it. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly, I will bring him into the land he went to and his descendants will inherit it since, okay. So they will be punished for this behavior. And yeah, pretty sad because then Moses has to go and tell the people what God said and they are devastated. They, they, they act like toddlers, you know? They, they're just... They're so immature. Oh my gosh. Okay. Terrible. Um, let's see. And then in, okay, so that was very dramatic. Chapter 14, very dramatic, very full. Just, you need to let that settle, just settle for a little while because we're going to move on to chapter 15. Things calm down. It's not as dramatic. And the Lord talks to them about supplemental offerings and how to do grain offerings and if you had an unintentional sin towards the community if you had a personal unintentional sin and how you do an offering to get rid of that sin and if you break the sabbath what do you do then Um, and he's very strict about the sabbath i mean like to death don't don't dishonor the sabbath people People die if they do that. Okay. Then he said, put some tassels on your robes to remember um, as a remembrance. (laughs) God is giving them so many, like, you know, clues or or a backup plan. Here's your backup plan. Look at the tassel on your robe. Okay. This has to remind you. And oh, by the way, I'm going to drop manna every day. And oh, by the way, he's just like constantly giving them and I'm going to put a tent in the middle. And I'm going to put the cloud during the day. I'm going to put the fire at night. Okay, don't forget. <sighs> boy, oh boy. Okay. Moving down to chapter 68 of Psalms. This is a big one. So you're going to just have to enjoy a juicy, long Psalms read. And I'll read a little bit. May God arise. May his enemies be scattered. May his foes flee before him. May you... Blow them away like smoke, as wax melts melts before the fire. May the wicked perish before God, but may the righteous be glad and rejoice before God. May they be happy and joyful. Sing to God, sing in praise, 
of his name, extol him who rides on the clouds, rejoice before him. His name is the Lord, a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the, the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in sun-scorched land. When you, God, went out. Okay, so that is such a cool passage. I love that. He is the father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. Um, God sets the lonely in families. Hmm. So, okay, that's a good one. But just keep reading. There's just going to be, praise be to the Lord, to God, our Savior, who daily bears our burdens. Our God is a God who saves from the sovereign Lord comes escape from death. Surely God will crush the heads of his enemies and the hairy crowns of those who go on in their sins. Okay. The Lord says, I will bring them from Bashan. I will bring them from the depths of the sea that your feet may wade in the blood of their foes while the tongues of their, your dogs have their share. Okay, basically, they're taking out the enemies. Humbled may... Okay, let's see. <laughs> sing to God, you, you kingdoms of the earth, sing praise to the Lord, to him who rides across the highest heavens, the ancient heavens, who thunders with mighty voice, proclaim the power of God, whose majesty is over Israel, whose power is in the heavens. You, God, are awesome in your sanctuary. The God of Israel gives power and strength to his people. Praise be to God. So cool. Now, the whole idea of kingdom.think is not necessarily to dig deep into scripture because obviously, you know, a minister can really study one scripture and he can jump from, he or she can jump from any passage in the Bible and just to build on whatever the lesson. We're not doing that. We're just following and being obedient about reading the Bible. How many times have you heard people say, read your Bible? Well, well how? That's what kingdom.think is for. So if something strikes you as interesting or something you don't understand, my suggestion is dig deeper. Go on YouTube. Find other ministers who are talking about that passage. Go on, um, do a Google search on that passage. There's so much out there. But for us, we are just going step-by-step, step, and um, and just reading on a daily. Not necessarily a deep dive study, but just reading on a daily, okay? Um, and letting it speak to our soul, and in doing that, it'll wake up our spirit and our identity, and it'll, like, we don't have to force ourselves how to behave, how to act, how to think, because when you read the Bible a little bit at a time, it'll feed your soul and your spirit, and it'll become your identity. Isn't that so cool? I mean, you could be reading something about, I don't know, some crazy details of the offering, and yet that is still nurturing your soul and shifting and um, reshaping your identity so that we don't have to go in, you know, so that we don't have to walk like the Israelites did. You know, here God was trying to change their identity. They were not getting it. It was just so difficult. But if you read the Bible a little bit at a time, it'll do the same thing without all the punishment. Isn't that awesome? Okay, we are at the last chapter of the book of Luke. I love the book of Luke. It's one of my favorites, probably because he's a doctor and I love the way he talks. And, um, um, or physician, I guess it's the same thing. Okay, chapter 24. Jesus has risen. He was in the tomb for three days. 
And then the women go to see him. He's not there. They're tripping out. And um, uh, let's see. The women bow down with their faces to the... Oh, right. Because I guess angels appeared to them. And he said, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still alive with you in Galilee? The son of man must be delivered over the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day raised, rose, raised, raised again. Then they remembered his words. <laughs> and then they went and told the 11 disciples of what, what happened. Um, moving down is those... I believe two guys were walking on the road and Jesus walked next to them. They didn't recognize him. And he's saying, what you guys talking about? Didn't you hear? Are you the only person that doesn't know what happened? And he, they proceed to explain what happened. They thought he was a prophet. About Jesus Nazareth, Nazareth, they replied, he was a prophet, powerful in words and deeds before God and all the people. Now, here's what's interesting. If Jesus had just died, crucified, and was stayed dead, he would have just been a good prophet, like all the other prophets. That's valuable, but it's not the savior of all mankind. That's why this is so significant, because the resurrection vindicated and validated Jesus's claim about himself, that he was truly God in human form, the son of God in flesh, and that fulfilled all of the other sacrifices that we learned about in the Old Testament. His, this, one, this, one, um, this one story fulfilled everything of humankind. Isn't that cool? Um, and it also fulfilled all the verses that are in the Old Testament, um, the prophecies. Then, and it proves that he is the true Messiah. So if he did not raise from the dead he would have just gone down in history as a good teacher, as a good prophet. And that's what you'll hear a lot of people say. Jesus did walk. You'll hear people who you know, don't believe what we believe. Jesus did walk on earth. Yes, yes, yes. And he was a great prophet, great teaching, just like Buddha and just like all the other prophets. That isn't true. That isn't true. This is what proves it and makes it different. No other good person or prophet ever rose from the dead. And that's why this is so significant. Um, um, what else? Uh, dead. Okay. So then... Beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them that it was said in the scriptures, okay, yes, yes, yes. So Jesus starts appearing before, um, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then, oh, the two men, he went to go eat at their house, and they still didn't recognize him until he broke bread. <laughs> yes. And then they went to the disciples and explained... And said, it is true, he has risen and appeared. And then Jesus appears with the disciples. (laughs) And they were so startled. Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. (laughs) And then he showed him his hands and his feet. 
so good. And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so that they could understand the scriptures. He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with the power from on high. And then he ascended into heaven. Okay, well, they went out into another area, what, Bethany? He went out into Bethany or something, and then they, he ascended into heaven. That's not the main point. The main point is Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, just like he said, just like the prophets before him said. You see, the prophets of the Old Testament are saying that the Messiah will appear, and then he will suffer, and he will, be cruci- he will die, and he will raise. He will die as the final sacrifice, and then he will be raised from the dead. This is so cool. This is what it's all about. I hope you enjoyed that reading. That was Luke 24, Numbers 14, 15, and Psalms 68. Read it, enjoy it. I don't know. Go even watch a movie about the um, crucifixion and resurrection because you have to get this in your soul that this is why, this is what salvation is all about, that we can be born again, we can rise from the dead just because of this. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that reading.